0: And welcome back to a fresh episode of the Business Growth Show. Excited to be joined by Jared Best Mitchell today. Jared is a sales training and LinkedIn specialist. Through LinkedIn, he's been able to grow his business through inbound via the content he's produced, which has received over 750,000 views back in 2020. Jared, a very warm welcome to the show, sir.
1: How are you doing? Good morning. I am doing well. Um, enjoying the bright sun outside and. As you say, Jess, having the best 2021 ever. I'm going to put that on record already. It's been really great so far.
0: Good stuff, man. And I can hear the birds chirping away over there in Trinidad Trinidad and Tobago. I was just saying, I'd wish I was over there rather than UK. We're on full lock, whereas it sounds like things are opening up a bit nicer where, where you are.
1: Full lock and cool weather, it, it is, oh, that's it it it. Is, it's not yes. my favourite thing. Um, so I do not envy you. I am <laughs> very blessed
0: where I am right now. I think I think on the city temperature right now it's thirty four degrees Celsius.
1: It oh, is dude. very nice.
0: There are blue skies, very few clouds. Oh man, if I could get on the plane right now, I would trust me. <laughs> anyway, we're not here to talk weather. We're here to talk business, uh, yes. namely LinkedIn and how we can maximize our LinkedIn presence, our profiles this year, twenty twenty one, to to really drive revenue. Um, that's that's what we're about on this show: growing your business, getting more inbound opportunities, getting more sales. But before we start, I really want to put you on, under the spotlight, Jared, and ask you, yes. Social selling, is it a myth or does it actually drive sales and revenue? It actually drives sales and revenue when you have the right script, the right practice, and it definitely gets you the business. So I will give you an example. Most of my business is inbound. It's generated from LinkedIn. Um,
1: in addition to the 750,000 views that I've gotten so far, I've actually generated about 80,000 U.S. in pipeline just from LinkedIn alone. And here's the important thing. That social selling aspect is a lot easier when you pair it with your content because people have a lot more familiarity with you. But social selling works. Once you understand your clear objectives and who your ideal client
0: is on these types of platforms, social selling works. Awesome so the proof really is in the pudding and like you say you've you've had good good traction for your engagement and free real revenue yeah. In your mind, what does social selling actually mean? Because I know so many people have, have, have got their definition. We've had guys like Daniel Disney, we've had Justin Welsh and other kind of well-known people that are, are rocking it on LinkedIn and social. Um, what's, your, what's your opinion on social selling? Because I know some people say social is a platform where you get the engagement and then you take the t- conversations offline. Some people say you can pitch in the DMs. Others say you can't pitch in messages. What's your view on it? Uh, so let me let me give you my point i think what is interesting if you look at all the definitions of social selling it does not include the word sales in it or selling it actually speaks about creating
1: awareness and nurturing your customer so i have a saying which is your content is what leads your prospects along the path of becoming your client. so to me social selling is all about you being able to put those messages out and then start to have really genuine conversations with the connections, whether it be on any social media platform that you're on, that allows them to understand the value that you can present. So I think where people fall short is that I'm not a fan of pitching someone in the inbox. I'm a fan of if I could understand your need and I could understand where you have a, a an opportunity where my services help, I still might not even pitch. I would still allow the questions to bring you
0: to the conclusion that I am the best person for the job. Got it. Okay, so it's more about understanding, starting those conversations. And
1: and let me say, you know, I think people fall short on social selling. They're honestly not engaging with enough persons. So for me, and you will notice some a lot of the persons who are successful on it, they spend a lot of time engaging in posts, getting their face out, their awareness. And I think that's where people fall short. I am probably having conversations sometimes with about 20 persons a day and, A lot of persons aren't doing that amount of volume. And even for me, that's a low amount. So that is a key part. And then let me give my secret sauce. LinkedIn video is something that allows me to do social selling
0: very, very effectively. That I think is underutilized. I am proud to say I have done 4,000 videos already to people, to connections, with a
1: 50% response
0: rate. That's some impressive stats, dude. Now, we're going to jump into, hopefully, if we've got time today, your content, your secret content tips, what's really working for you, and what everyone tuning in can get stuck into in terms of not only driving engagement, but ultimately, things that are going to produce revenue, which is, which is what's key. Before we get to that, I'd love to, to break down LinkedIn profiles. I know we did it a long time ago on the show, so I'm keen to get a fresh update for 2021, Yes. Um, of, of a step-by-step, step, perhaps even from from the ground up, really, Jared. So if, if I pull up LinkedIn in a second on my other screen here and we really look at it, so even from perhaps if we're looking at the profile, we've got the, the top area, so maybe the banner area and then working down from the banner, from the background. I mean, so,
1: so everybody who's looking at this now, that what you mentioned there to me is more important than your profile picture. You should have a banner on your LinkedIn profile because that is what everyone sees first then your eyes go to the left to look at your profile picture, right? But if your banner can expressively state the value that you provide or what is your angle, you have the person immediately willing to scroll down and look at the additional info. So in my opinion, banner first, get it done. Um, If you can't do it yourself, I would highly recommend check out Dan the Banner Guy. Look for Banner Guy. He's based in the UK. He does excellent work. Get a profile picture, get a great headline. That alone will generate you business if you have the call to action done well there. And everything else can fall
0: afterwards. Got it. Okay, so that banner, just to give us an idea, so if someone wants to, to get, get one set up, either build it themselves or get, get, get someone to do it professional professionally, get, Sorry. Should it, should it give a quick idea of kind of what you do, the problems you solve, how you help, and then maybe contact info, or is there a bit more to it? No, that's that's
1: exactly it. So for me, make sure you have a nice image. It could be the company logo, but let's just say, for example, um, my own would be, um, I have it now for my webinar that I just finished, but it would be LinkedIn um, trainer, sales coach, um, LinkedIn coach, sales trainer, um, LinkedIn content creator, and then it always has DME. So there's a call to action in it. And I do always recommend if you can put your image there as well, because people will be seeing you twice and you're building that familiarity. It is a—it is an absolute key factor for me, I think, of what attracts people to your profile.
0: Yeah, and it takes up quite a lot of real estate, doesn't it, Jared, in terms of the actual profile itself, not only being the top thing you see on your profile, but it's quite yeah. a big, big chunk, isn't it? Let's look at
1: it this way, right? Imagine if this is me on the TV, this is my LinkedIn profile, and the rest is my banner here. This this is, this is more important than this. Exactly.
0: And for anyone listening on audio only, Jared was ducking down there and just giving you the impression of how, how much space the banner takes. Okay. So that, that's the top banner, the, the, the big image there underneath, we've got your profile image. Yeah. So any, any guidelines, what we should be thinking like that. Do we need to use one of our um, old school images or one, a nice little wedding photo? Oh, <laughs> I think you're, you're doing that on purpose. Men, gentlemen and many particularly biggest
1: offenders, please do not use, your wedding pictures. As, like, you don't wear a suit on your day to day job. Why are you wearing a suit in your profile picture? It should honestly be what the person sees when they meet you. So, even for women as well, always have an up to date picture. So, if you haven't done a picture in the last six months and there's a significant change in you, whether it be weight gain, weight loss, facial hair, haircut, you need to update the picture. Like, and the reason why I emphasize this, my clients recognize me even when I have my mask on. That is how powerful having a proper profile picture and putting content out there uh, matters. So, trust me, get an updated one, especially if you're in sales.
0: Nice, and is that something you can take yourself? Can you do that on your smartphone or directly yeah.
1: Everybody has great smartphones, so my recommendation, if you cannot get someone to help you and you may have a tripod, set the timer, make sure you get it shoulder height above. That's your proper profile picture, just a standard one. You don't need to be grinning. Mm. Just a small smirk, a small smile and you're good to go. If it is that you don't have the budget to afford a professional photographer.
0: Got it. Well, that that all makes sense. That's straightforward enough. Okay. And then we've got the next section moving down is we have our name. So we've got our name title and then we've also got the headline that goes under it.
1: Your headline is super important. Your headline should always speak similar to the panel, which is the value that you provide to the customer. So if I'm looking at this, I can understand this is how this individual can help me or this is what this individual does. It must be able to give that person a clear picture. And I think LinkedIn has made it easier because I think they almost double the size of the information you can put in the banner. So you can you can put your tagline and you can also put the industries or the sectors that your work falls under because that is also searchable in LinkedIn search bar. So you oh, right. okay. can So that opportunity. Yeah. So that that's a is key. So if persons look for a sales trainer or a coach, you can, it ties back to your headline, which is important. And that's why you can't put things like um, owner of Sam's beverages, because people won't understand like, what a Sam's beverage is. Sam beverages. Like, you need to put what you do exactly. Like saying CEO doesn't matter unless you're Tim Cook or you're um, Bill Gates. Like that matters, but... You need to put what you do and how you help
0: others. Okay. And why is it important, Jared, that we don't just put our job title, for example, um, business owner or CEO or account executive or sales director, whatever it is, at XYZ company? Why is it more important that we reword it? Because, all right,
1: let's just say account executive is a perfect example. If I say I'm an account executive at ABC company, that doesn't give me a clear idea, especially if you don't have the awareness behind your organization. However, if I put that, I am a sales executive helping organizations move from physical hardware to the cloud, or you could put for small to medium businesses in the hospitality sector, moving from um, paper to paperless as functions, then I'm able to speak directly to what the person wants. And I understand because I don't care what your company name is yet. What I need to understand is what you can do for me. And especially if you're social selling, especially if you're making outreach to your ideal client, your headline needs to speak to that benefit.
0: Got it. Okay. And I guess it appears quite a lot in the feed, doesn't it? If you're commenting on people's posts, they're exactly. going to see that little headline underneath your image and underneath your name. That's mm-hmm. going to that's going to flash up wherever someone engages on a post.
1: Exactly. That is it, it, It's so, so important to have that done versus just... Account executive at ABC distributors that doesn't tell
0: anyone anything understood. Okay, and then the next little section we have is I think there's a little box underneath our featured. Tagline. No. It's, is it providing featured. Services?
1: Yes, it's called featured. So, this is the only part I would tell persons in the featured section is where you can have your hard sales pitch, you can literally put. This is what my company does you can put the pricing the services i would recommend you put it in there because again if i'm going through your profile this is what i see before i go to the about section to the experiences to the skills to your recommendations so i would put everything that is there and i would also put any content that i have that's high performance there so that it gets the attention of the user and they could see what work i've done in the past as well
0: okay yep so that's the featured section so would that be things like links to our website or actual website, pages? Website, pages,
1: everything. Yep. Yeah, it is. To me, it, again, it's another underutilized aspect um, by many persons, but it is a great
0: section just to put that as a great area where you sell, 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 sell. Mm. Yeah. And I noticed on that featured section, Jared, that some people tend to go for actually putting some of their posts there. So perhaps they've had a high-performing LinkedIn post and they've put their feet that's just full of those, those posts that have done perhaps well, yeah. other people purely put links to their website. Maybe there's a contact page or portfolio page or a case study or um, a testimonial or something like that. Yeah. Do you think we should mix the two or we should just, just try and do the hard sell and just direct people straight to where we want them to go?
1: I think it depends on, so I, the persons who I've seen that just have hard sell on there are the ones who are sometimes not active in creating as much content. So, at least that speaks to what they do which i am personally okay with because let's be honest we are linkedin to sell no matter what profession we're in our job might not say sales but we all here to sell ourselves so i think putting that aspect there i think we'll really give the value if you
0: don't create the content but it's always good to mix it up yeah okay and one part we miss is just above the featured section we've got the about so we've got the about section where we can We've got quite a significant amount of space certainly on the desktop view where we can put quite a lot of text in the about about page so what what's your advice there because i know back in the day that was more of a, a cv so I've, I've i kind of worked at this job for a few years and I've, <laughs> i'm really experienced in it and, and all this stuff all these different bullet points i mean how should we be laying this out what should we be thinking about when people are going to go on this page and click our about section
1: um number one don't put the to the person you're not Morgan Freeman, he's not narrating your life. Um, the other one that you need to look at is that you need to put it as in what your objectives are. So if you're looking for a job, you need to speak of what you can provide to that organization. If it is you're trying to position yourself as a thought leader, you definitely want to list your experiences and what you have done in your career that could put to you as that type of person. If you're a sales professional, I would honestly talk about what I've been able to provide and help my clients with. So, for example, if I'm in insurance, you need to speak if you're an MBRT, if you're a member of the million-dollar roundtable, how many policies on average you're doing per year. You need to mention those type of things because if the ideal client comes across your profile, those stats speak
0: to maybe why I would want to do business with you. Yeah. So, I mean, just looking at your, your about section here, I can see mm-hmm. that you've, it's almost like a story at the start, Jad. So, you've, you said, I've never thought I'd be, be working for myself. And then you've got a bit about your experience and then some information on the fact that you help people with LinkedIn, you help people with self training. And then like yep. you said, a few keywords towards the bottom, um, some hashtags and then a way, way for people to connect and reach out to you.
1: Yes, definitely. That is one of the best ways. And I would recommend every time you have a career change, you should look at your LinkedIn profile in detail, just to make sure that everything speaks to where you at now. And the reason I'm saying this is that I don't call, Um, at the end of December with a client, and I didn't know he got promoted to the general manager of the company, so I was thinking he wasn't in a decision-making position, and he was, but his LinkedIn profile didn't state that. So for a lot of you, you may be missing out on opportunities, whether it be to position yourself as a thought leader or to find that next job simply because you haven't updated your LinkedIn profile.
0: Okay. Okay. Okay, yeah. and are there any, any other things we need to consider about how we structure this about section, or is it just important that we lay out what we're doing, how we're helping, how we're able to help people and businesses in the best way to get in touch, or is there a bit more to it? No,
1: no. make it current, make it tell a story. And the story has to speak to the person that's reading it. It's not, it's not about you, it's about them understanding what benefit you can provide to them. That's a key thing. With every, if you notice, with every section, we speak about on linkedin it's all about what you can provide to others if you look at your profile in that form and manner you would definitely have a lot more success and you again you'll have a lot more people reaching out to your inbox to learn more or to actually want to do business with you immediately from what you are presented in your entire linkedin profile
0: gotcha gotcha and i noticed we missed one point actually just under the um the section just under our headline so we've got the their profile. providing services yeah the providing yeah. services so i know we've got a few options there in your case you've got public speaking training business consultant i think if i remember right you can kind of pick from a list can't you, you can start yeah the the list circle. is limited
1: though that that's what upsets me it's very limited so i like the list because they have um there's several things besides providing services you could you could you can also put that that you're open to work for those for yep. job hunting you can't have your providing services that there's one more as well i can't remember it off the top of my head but i think it, it when you have those activated if you have open to work activated recruiters can find you without your employer knowing and if you have the providing services again when people are searching for certain things you will come up because they have that listed as well so once you see the option make sure and activate it
0: understood okay so that's that then we filled out our about section that's great we've mm-hmm. gone through the featured section which is just underneath um i don't think we need to talk about the activity section because that's just showing the activity that we've recently had whether we've commented on posts or like posts yeah. or page posts but can I, can is I that give something a tip? you do need to touch yes let me give a okay. tip on
1: this so for those of you who are trying to grow your network on linkedin here's the tip that i have i in the past i would add anybody who adds me currently right now i have about 66 invitations connections to respond to and I'm honestly going through it to see if the persons are active on LinkedIn. And this is important if you create content because I don't want 10,000 followers and only 2,000 are active. Because how LinkedIn algorithm works is that when they put stuff out to my network, nobody's going to see it because these users aren't active at all. They probably log in once a month. And worse yet, even if they do log in, they, they aren't click and like on any post they aren't commenting, which means that they're going to do the same thing when they come across my content. So it, it may sound bad, but I'm, I'm honestly spending a lot more time analyzing who do I accept into my network? Because just as much as I want the engagement, if they are active, it lets me know that I can engage with them and I can learn from you. So that is, I think, a key, key part. So when you look at activity, make sure the individual is active because you want to have a conversation right and we want
0: exactly to make right. it go back and forth yeah 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 great point so connecting <clears throat> with people that are actually active on the platform rather than someone that just logs in once every six months or 12 months
1: yeah and you you see you see it a lot now I, honestly i think the last set of connections because i cleared 50 percent, or at least more weren't active on the platform at all so I, I, it didn't it didn't make any sense because i can not get any value from you in terms of learning from you and they didn't have completed profiles, there was nothing to learn so to me honestly, it did not make any sense to, to add them to my network.
0: Makes sense. Okay. So moving down, we've got the experience section. So right. that's essentially where we've got all the list of the current, our current job, our current position or positions and all the previous roles that we've had. So any advice here, Jared, should we be putting every job we've had since our paper round when we were 12 years old? Or uh, is there a bit more of a strategy to it?
1: Here's here's the first thing I'll tell that I realise a lot of people don't do. You need to quantify your resume and you need to also quantify the section. So I remember meeting with a lawyer and the lawyer told me she's a lawyer. I'm like, but in what field specifically? Do you do arbitration, civil law? And she said, civil, I was like, great. How many cases have you done? Because now you're setting a benchmark. Because me just putting that I am a a lawyer doesn't really tell anybody anything. But if I say that I'm a civil lawyer who has done over 200, 350 cases, that now speaks to the volume and the expertise that I can provide to you. So it's really, really important to quantify that specific section. And I would always say... I think after 10 years, you could just summarise your positions if they're 10 years and older. Unless it's something super unique that is applicable to what you're doing now, I say the last 10 years is enough to put detail on for your resume, for oh, your last, experience section.
0: Last 10 years. Okay. And um, say we, we, we did quite a bit of job hopping in those first five years. Do you, th- do you think we should look to slim that down if there was maybe 10 roles in, in our younger days when we were perhaps five years younger, and then yeah. we've had one stable job, or now we run a business. So we, should we try and slim that down so there's not loads of things for people to scroll through?
1: No, no definitely, you, wanna, you want to slim it down. So, after you, so my recommendation, fill everything out in detail, but then ask somebody to go to your profile and scroll through to see how they see it. And if you find yourself scrolling, 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 you need to think about what value you, are you providing to the person that's looking at your profile so even if you have jumped from several jobs i would always say in my current job that needs to have the most meat the most value of what i do and every other job after that i would cut out half of the section and i would only put the key things that i actually did the most impressive aspects and that's why i summarize it then when i reach the 10 10 year mark all of those things just have a one line, just a simple one line. if you want more information I could probably
0: send you a copy of my resume or more details on that job that I did. Gotcha, okay, so that's the experience section. Business Growth Show is sponsored by Vidyard. Tommy was tired of cold calling and emailing his prospects and getting little to no response. He signed up for a free Vidyard account, allowing him to send personalized video emails and messages to his leads and contacts and saw results almost immediately. People loved the personalized approach and the fact he took the time to send a custom video explaining his offer and his solution and as a result, he stood out from his competitors, filled his calendar with quality appointments and smashed his sales targets. Sign up for your free Vidyard account today at vidyard.com forward slash BGS. That's vidyard.com forward slash BGS. The show is also sponsored by WebChoice. that's that's the bulk of the profile I mean, moving down we've got some smaller sections we've got in your case on your profile jar we've got the education part so i think that's my, minus the
1: minus, minus basic i'm, I'm not a, oh, so I'm not my, a education I'm, person
0: i was going to say my ac- academic accolades aren't a aren't, are pretty few and far apart yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's for sure but i would um,
1: say i would say honestly education put degrees, so if you can Licenses and certifications, great, that helps you. Um, I would bypass skills and endorsements entirely. That is the most pointless aspect of LinkedIn. I,
0: I have not seen any purpose of benefits in that there's zero in my opinion. Yeah. So just before zero. we jump to that, so things like I know that on the LinkedIn profile education, like we said, licenses and certifications, and I think there's ones for like voluntary um, voluntary things. So are these just minor things? Are these things we need to look into in much detail?
1: only if you specialize so if you in a in a you, you do a specific job where yeah. it's unique and you have these um certificates for it great put it there but if not i don't really see it as being anything significant that will sway uh, a job seeker or anybody who's looking at your profile i don't think it's going to sway their opinion of
0: you okay cool and then nearly at the end we've got like you mentioned the skills and endorsements so I remember years ago, this is something that loads of people used to always kind of spam me to get in skills, get endorsed me on this. Must me. I'd, I'd love to for you to endorse me. Is that something you need to be, to, be, to be that bothered about? I can see you've got 99 in sales and some in networking and some in the general section.
1: That was forever ago. And honestly, I don't even pay attention to it anymore. The section below it is way more important. Recommendations is what you should focus on. Like that, honestly, is where You should spend your time because if I reach this section looking at your LinkedIn profile, this has to be honestly like the icing on the cake for me to reach out to you because the recommendations that persons would give you would always seem the deal as that is your social proof. Like everything you're seeing me say about myself, this is other people saying it's about me now. So you would want to make sure that those things are filled out to the best and that once you can get a recommendation, make sure that you can have, have it on
0: your LinkedIn profile. Sure. So, yeah, I mean, social proof is a big thing. It's something I talk a lot about when we're designing websites or digital marketing strategies, that's really mm. big on building trust. And like you said, it could just be that tip of the iceberg that someone's read through your whole profile. They see this one review, perhaps it resonates with them and that's the, the, the tipping point where they decide to get in touch. Well,
1: even um, the person who wrote it, they might be like, I know this guy. If he's recommending him, then it has to be good. good
0: point. Yeah, yeah, it can work more than one and, way, definitely. And that's why I think it sucks that it's at the bottom of LinkedIn. Like, honestly, that should be, like, right
1: after your headline, I think recommendations should be right there. Like, honestly, mm-hmm. I could reshuffle, recommendations would be high up on top, experience would be at the bottom, I would completely eliminate skills, and I will just put the things that really matter to the, to the view of my profile at the top.
0: That's a good point. I wonder if they ever will rejig that uh, section so recommendations are near the top. I wonder why they don't do that.
1: I wish they would because that is honestly what matters. But remember, late at night's dwell time, so they want you to scroll all the way down to your profile. But that there, honestly, is the best part about it. That is your social proof.
0: Cool, man. And any tips on the best ways to collect these these kind of reviews in terms of whether we should do a project, then ask someone to head over to our LinkedIn review and our LinkedIn page story and add their review or any ways you found effective to, to generate those?
1: One um, works for me because what I consider is the fact that persons don't have time. So I ask the individual, but I also have the message prepared. So I'll be like, "Hey Sam, um, do you mind writing a LinkedIn um, recommendation for me? based on the work that I did. And I give you three options to focus on to say, can you focus on A, B, and C that we did with regards to the project and this outcome? And if you don't have the time to write, which most persons don't have, here's a short summary of what you can put. If you like it, you can copy and paste and put it as a recommendation. 99% of the time, that's what my my persons do.
0: Nice. So you're actually pretty much giving them a template of, of the format that you'd like.
1: And I get to write the message that I want them to say, which focuses on exactly what I was able to provide to them. And honestly, I found when I, when I speak to some persons, besides not having the time, some persons honestly aren't sure what to say. But because they have built that trust and relationship with you, if you write it out for them, that's why 99% of the time they say, that's awesome, put it up there.
0: And Jared, do people when you get inbound inquiries from LinkedIn, do people often say that they've seen your testimonials? Because I know when I've had leads from LinkedIn, they don't necessarily mention it. Or do you just think it's, it's like you say, it's just that extra bit of social proof. It's just building that trust. Um, so it's just usually some, something a, a prospect might flick through and then they'll reach out rather than just saying, oh, I saw a review. Now I'm going to contact you.
1: Um, I would say right now, most of it still comes from the, um, the content that I'm putting out. Because yeah. a lot of persons like the content that I'm putting out, which is great. And then I think second will always be the, the recommendations because just last week I was speaking, no, two weeks ago I was speaking to a client, and when I finally got onto them, I said, Jared, thanks for being persistent. Um, I have done my checkups on you. I like what I heard and I like what I'm seeing online on LinkedIn. So I'm like, great. So I think it's good to have both of those bases covered. So
0: if anybody decides to use either, they speak to you in the same manner. Got it. And then apart from that I think just looking at the bottom of the section we've got the accomplishment section so I think mm-hmm. you can add courses that you've done so I know you've got some projects and courses and languages and that kind of good stuff in all in that accomplishment section so is yeah. that is that a very important area that we need to look at Uh
1: it de- I would say it depends on what you've done so so for example um this is what the courses section right the accomplishment unless it's something really really unique yes so for example I have like my when I did my launch for Nokia which was many years ago um probably so many languages that you can speak there but honestly I don't think people scroll this far along your profile which is like honestly Sam this is my thing if you have a banner a profile picture and a headline and you're putting all content and you're engaging you honestly might not need to have everything else done well, besides probably your recommendations. I honestly think that section is so cool on your LinkedIn profile that once that is done properly, that is like 90% of what you need to do to be
0: successful on LinkedIn. Got it. Got it. And then the final section, just to wrap up, is just interests. So I guess that's just areas that we've liked and yeah. followed over the years. Correct.
1: And the only thing interest can help you, which is when you start a conversation with someone, if you'll have something in familiar familiar, and you're able to convert that into a conversation with your connection, great. But in most cases, the content is what really gets you to start the conversation with the individual, not necessarily their interest.
0: Understood. Cool, man. So that's, that's a head to toe on LinkedIn profiles, what you should yes. be doing, what you should yes. be doing, what to think about. How often do we need to refresh it? How often do we need to assess our LinkedIn profile and, and give it a spring clean? I say twice
1: a year. or well, Every time you have a career change, you definitely need to look at your LinkedIn profile and get that up to date to make sure that it speaks to what you're doing. If you are job hunting, I recommend that you be on LinkedIn every single day because many recruiters are on this platform looking for you versus spending time on the job search platform. So. I think a, a key success factor that many persons might not explore is actually messaging and reaching out to recruiters on the platform with a value message of what you can bring to the company. So I would recommend, depending on what you're doing with the platform, what's its objective for you, that's how much time you need to spend either tweaking your profile, adding stuff to it, to make sure that they can show persons
0: how awesome you are. Okay, so in summary, just twice a year, or if we've had a job change or business change, yeah. then... Need to make sure it's relevant i guess to to our new position or if we start a new company
1: and then here's a tip if let's just say i'm in in sales and i start a new role in an organization and i update that on linkedin linkedin notifies my entire network which allows me a trigger event now because depending on who responds if they're an ideal client of mine i can message them privately to say hey jared thanks for reaching out about my recent promotion um, just wanted to find if I can have five or ten minutes every time to introduce the products or the service to you to see if you or your organization may be interested. So that's why that's a key reason why I update experience sections for clients because that creates a tricky event that
0: always gets you meted. Always. It's a never fail. Interesting. Never thought about that one. Yeah. So we'll, we'll have to look into that and give that I guess a nice little gem for anyone tuning in that's not tried that. Awesome yeah. dude. Well, we've, we've pretty much covered the, the profile head to toe. Is there anything else that we need to consider about what we've not touched on yet? Other little gems that have worked for yourself or any other nuggets of advice that we need to, to bear in mind?
1: Um, I will tell you um, my secret thing right now on the sleetzy content um, because despite the fact that there are many people on LinkedIn because it crossed 700 million users this year, last year, Um, I think there's still not enough people producing content, which is an advantage for me. So if it is that you can speak your customer's language, and I I always mention this to persons, if you're on LinkedIn, it doesn't matter what purpose you're here for. But I always tell persons this, if there's nobody in your industry speaking on LinkedIn, but your customers are here, your buyers are here, you have to ask who is talking to them, who is influencing their decisions. And that means that if no one is, you better step up to that podium because no one else is there and you need to start having that conversation. You need to start putting out your opinion. You need to start sharing what you know. And that is honestly how you're going to generate business because that's all I have done. All I've done on LinkedIn is whatever I know or find out, I figure out a way to put it out there as content. You can't do the same thing whether you're selling a product or you're trying to be a thought leader or you're just trying to network and reach awareness you need to start putting out the content. That is the, that is the, so 90% of your LinkedIn profile is banner, profile picture, headline. That 10%, that little icing on the cake, honestly, is what is gonna like just drive everyone to your business and and to ask you for your services. So content to me, I think is honestly the, the next secret source I think a lot of persons have to do. And of course, I just love to engage having conversations, learning from people like you and others on the platform is one of
0: the best ways as well. Awesome, dude. Well, really appreciate you coming on, Jared. We've, we've covered the, the profile side of things nicely. <laughs> we'll have to get you back on to share some of your secrets in terms of creating content, in terms of perhaps an outreach strategy as well, as I know you've had a lot of success with your video messages as we were talking about earlier. So <laughs> we'll get you on back on to, to cover all that because I'm sure a lot of people left on the edge of their seat thinking I've got my profile ready now. But how do I actually get these leads coming in? So we'll we'll get you back on soon, dude. And, uh... and, and trust me,
1: after sending over four thousand videos, I can honestly tell you there's a there's an easy way to do it. Um, it 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 might take some time, but I honestly think it is going to give you a much better outreach in terms of your brand awareness and being professional for your audience. It honestly makes a huge difference when I send those videos to clients. That literally just starts the conversation. Because everyone else, when you connect with someone, you send a text. That makes no sense. If I, if I met you in person, am I going to text you saying hi? No. I send a video. Put your face out there in 2021, folks.
0: Sound advice. Stand out from the crowd indeed. Well, Jared, it's been an absolute pleasure. We'll get you on again, sir. But for yes. anyone that wants to learn more about you um, or connect with you or learn how you can help them, what's the best way to get in touch with you, sir? Well, of course, LinkedIn, um, so you can find me at jarradbestmichelle.com. I'm Jared
1: You can also find me on my website, jarradbestmichelle.com, and you can message me. I'm always responsive, always willing to have a conversation because one of the things I'm addicted to is learning from persons every single day. So feel free to message me. I'll be happy to help.
0: Awesome, man. We'll put all of that info, all the links to yourself, Jared, in the show notes over at Business Growth dot marketing and with that thanks very much really appreciate you coming on man
1: my pleasure i'm glad for the opportunity and glad for the conversation
0: no worries and if you enjoyed the show as always be sure to hit subscribe for business growth show wherever the heck you get your podcast be it youtube apple Podcasts, spotify or somewhere else we interview business leaders each and every week to provide actionable tips to grow your business grow your sales and make best use of your marketing time and investment and we'll catch you again on the next episode cheers for tuning in